welcome to Sounding Board with Nick and Andrew Elliott, the You Are Not Alone podcast. Oh, is that your new tagline? Although, having said that, that's a bit alien, isn't it? It's, maybe, it's, maybe it's the... It's well, I was going to say it's a bit X-Files. It's the You Are Not The Only One podcast. Okay. Because I'm hoping... I So I listen to some podcasts, you know, um, and... Make you feel better because someone's... You're nodding your head because you're, yes. not, you're not the only one. So I'm hoping that for some people... Uh, it doesn't be roll off the, the tongue, but I'm totally with you in sentiment. So Nick, you've been away. We haven't done a podcast for a while. No, um, I do apologise. That's fine. You've been so, having a holiday. So you've been away. How how was it? It it was great. Um, it was very nice to have a uh, a week off. We went to Cornwall in the end. Um, we should have gone to Corfu, and we decided a good month, maybe five six weeks ago, not to go because the uncertainty around whether or not we would be able to go. I mean. That particular loads of other Greek islands have now been put on the quarantine list. Mainland Greece hasn't, but Corfu hasn't. So we could have got away with it. But, but you, you, weren't, was, you weren't to know that you could have been you could have been stuck inside for two weeks and all sorts. There, there was even greater risk from from Greece because they were doing um, random tests on people when they got off the plane, and if you tested it tested positive, then you had to go to a government-run facility for two weeks. A camp. <laughs> Well, indeed. So the rest of your family, you know, so my wife would have to, or one of us, would have to look after the kids. What if, what if you both tested positive? Well, who knows? What happens? Who knows? And we're only going for a week. And <laughs> you've got to make your own way back. And I just, and, and that, I, I didn't want that hanging over us. And it was, it was getting stressful enough. So we decided, no, let's just, let's just do something in, in England. And if they lock down... Peterborough then we're just going to defy and we'll just leave anyway and sneak out in the dead of night or you know or whatever uh so we did so we did Cornwall uh and it was lovely uh we managed to miss all the storms of the week previously the weather was good I mean it's it's almost it's almost like a different country anywhere over there microclimates and all this (laughs) yeah exactly they they, they tend to think of themselves they've even got a different flag haven't they they've got like a do you know what like a black flag or something or do you know it's pretty cool actually um I didn't. I didn't realise, and I had to. I had to look it up. But they've got. It's like the St George's Cross, but it's black and white. Yeah, it's brilliant. And it actually looks pretty cool. I have to. I have to say. And they, they kind of do fly it with pride. I mean, I'm. You know, and obviously, I'm not. Um, uh, what was it? What's her name? Lady Nuji. Um, <laughs> you know, decrying the use of the flag as a nationalist symbol and all this kind of stuff. And obviously, it's not nationalist. It's much that they would like to be their own nation, Cornwall. Um, but it's it's tastefully done. It's not it's not everywhere, but it's enough out there. And I kind of felt quite patriotic's the wrong word, but I, I I felt that sense of belonging that it that it brought. And it was on ships and harbors and and signs and shops and things like that. It was good. Um, but they are a bunch of bedwetters. Are they? It's and it's masks it's, masks it's, everywhere. It's bedwetter central. Um, so not outside. Okay. I don't think I saw a single person wearing a mask outside, which is good. I mean, it was warm. It's obviously predominantly tourists. And I have no problem with the tourists. <laughs> the, the tourists weren't the bedwetters, but they were, the, uh, they were, they were abiding by the rules. Uh, I, I say that. They even had, you know, you go down a pedestrianised, busy street in Falmouth, and there's signs up saying you've got to walk on the left. Okay, the pedestrianised street, big street, but loads of people. And you're in and out of shops. Am I only supposed to go in and out of the shops on the left and then turn around and come back on the shops on the right? 
it's utter, utter nonsense. And people don't conform in that way. But they even had, they literally, and, and, and nobody was. Let's, let's be very clear. Nobody was following that. We happened, at a particular point in time, to be walking on the left. But, you know, we weren't exclusively doing that. They had people dressed up as, like, Elsa and Anna from Frozen. They had Disney characters going down the street, enforcing the people walking on the left. And so they came up to us, and it was like, oh, thank you so much. Talking to the kids, thank you all so much for walking on the left. <laughs> it's just like, I can't... Like, uh, I'd have turned thank, around. I'd have turned around yeah, all thank, the other way. Thank you very much, yeah. Um, but that, that was a bit sinister. Um, but the shops... So they're ahead of the game then, because because we're, we're, we're they're talking about COVID marshals now, aren't they? There's That's one of the, one of the so much things. ground that we haven't covered since since our last lockdown specific podcast. But you know, let's get into what they've announced today. But last week, Cornwall masks absolutely in. I must have gone in twenty shops. You know, we would as in just in one one afternoon, we're just going around shopping. And did you it, wear a mask? Not at all. I've, not, I've, I've yet to wear a mask. Brilliant. I, I will not wear a mask. I'm not going to wear a mask. No mask. And we went in as a family. Uh, my my wife has been wearing masks uh, back home when goes to shops, and for an easy she mark, hates it. Easy. Well, and she would say to you that she hates wearing a mask. She hates not wearing a mask. Because of the pressure, because of the both both of them have a horribly negative effect mentally, and I, I I totally get that. I totally get that, and so that means she's going to the shops much less, only when we have to. Um, I know I know lots of people that are exactly the same. You know, they'll, they'll wear a mask, but they absolutely <laughs> need to pop to the shops for something for an easy yeah. life. Yeah, but they don't. They don't. You know, it's on me. I, I order everything I can online. Yeah, I get I get like vegetables delivered. I get my milk delivered. Um, you know, it's. I'll I'll tell you my my journey on this because the last I mean the last podcast we did when I was you know probably spinning out my doomsday scenario. Well, I was, I was going to ask you. I think the last one we did, you were talking about going to see your ophthalmist. I've not told you anything more about that since. No, I, and I was going to ask you. So did you did you see? Did you wear a mask? I I didn't, and you didn't see or you didn't wear a mask. Neither. I I completely bottled it. And, and this is where, like, this is, this is I've wanted to talk to you about this. And it's interesting doing it on the podcast because it's, like, out there for all these people to listen to as well. Yeah, because um, this is my first time hearing about yeah, this. Yeah. Um, and, and you know I've been strident about this, anti-mask and all this kind of stuff. Absolutely. Bit of Dutch courage, please. Pour me a yeah, whiskey. Just, you, um, you'll have to, you should recognise this one, okay? So this oh, no, is, don't, this is, don't put me on the spot. Don't test me this on is, the This is one that I know you've had before. Well, a, just have a, have, a, have a sniff and... It's not. It's not a bad one. So can you uh, can you can you tell what tell this? your health, oh, sir? Cheers. That's either. I, th- I think that's either the Singleton of Dufftown or that's um, um, Talisker Sky. No. Oh come on. Oh, which one is it? Ockentoshan American Oak. Oh okay. Another easy drinker. Yeah, very. And the ones I've chosen there were. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Right. So you've you've had some scotch inside here. So how did? Because I think you. So we we did the last <coughs> podcast. I think. I think it was the day before. 
Well, and you were saying, so to, and you hadn't decided at that point whether, whether you were going to wear a mask or what you were going to do. You were talking about having to, I think the rules were that you had to, there was no waiting room, you had to stay in your car. Wait, wait in the car park. Wait in the car park. Yep. And, and, and the time before that, you had to wait for like an hour. Yep. Not in the car park, but obviously in, yep. the, in the waiting room. You're not allowed to go to the bathroom. You have to go to no. the bathroom. So potentially you have to not drink anything because you're going to be sitting in your car for an hour. And then the actual experience of being there, I actually, I didn't, the last time I went was before all of COVID and everything. Sure. And it wasn't the most pleasant experience. I, in fact, I wish I'd had someone with me. I think I, we, we've said this before on, on, on a podcast that I think in any medical setting, you need someone with you who's not going through it. You just need someone with you. It's just, it's just, it's just the right thing to do. We talked about that when I, when I was told to sod off by exactly. the NHS when my, my wife exactly. had broken her arm and she's in a state yeah. and yeah. But well, even something more minor, which yeah, obviously sure. this was, but um, they put up at these um, eye drops in your eye that dilate your pupils massively. Sure, sure. And bearing in mind that I can't see if I take my glasses off anyway, you do that, then you add this, and you add the light sensitivity on top of that. And it's just not, not very nice, not very nice. So I wasn't looking forward to it because of that anyway, because I, I knew that was happening. And you're more, you're more likely to breathe heavily under those conditions as well because you're a little oh, bit yeah. nervous. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but I, and, and I think I've been coming across on the, on the, on the podcast as, as you know, being forthright and, and blasé about it. But, and I don't know how much, we need to look back, I don't know how much I've been saying that I genuinely don't like the thought of wearing a mask. And I, am, I have been ready very much to say to someone, to say to anyone challenging me, that I'm exempt. And I mean that absolutely truthfully. Because the genuine thought of putting a mask over my face um, makes, me, makes, makes me really stressed. And and so I'm going for the causes severe distress thing, um, and I I completely bottled it. I sat for about an hour that morning, the next day, with my head in my hands, trying to work out what I was going to do, and and in the end I decided to just completely ignore it and not go. And I couldn't. I, it was going to take out my whole morning, but I I didn't want to be put under pressure. I didn't want, even if they said, don't worry, you don't have to wear a mask. I, I, well, th- they weren't going to say that. They weren't going to say that. Even if they said, oh, you're not wearing a mask. Oh, okay. Then there would have been a horrible pressure. And, and from everyone else in, in, in the setting. And, and so I didn't go. Uh, I, 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 I wouldn't go as far as saying that I had a panic attack, but it's, it's, it's on that spectrum. It's on that spectrum. And so... I feel I feel I'm coming out all hot now. Just yeah, I can see. Just can just talking just talking about it. It makes me very uncomfortable. Um, now I'd already been feeling uncomfortable going into shops not wearing a mask for the same reason I said about but my wife saying it's it's not it's just not nice. I've not been um, uh, my brother-in-law. I won't mention a name. Um, is very much of the opinion of don't give a fuck. <laughs> And doesn't wear a mask, goes in, just not bothered. Not bothered what anybody <laughs> thinks at all. And I I am envious of that of that position because I say it, but I don't mean it. Yeah. I very much care and I don't I don't like it. I don't like the looks I get, I don't like any of it at all. Um now after that episode I was very much well. I'm just not going to be in shops. I'm not doing anything. I'm just. I'm just never going out ever again because I've just. I've. I've reached this point with the masks now where I just can't face it. I can't face wearing one. I can't face not. And then again, I, w- I won't. I won't mention any names, but uh, there. 
something happened which threw everything for our family up in the air for about 24 hours about whether we were going to be able to see certain people. And it was, they got scared. They just got scared. And it resolved itself within 24 hours because it was, it was nonsense and it was ridiculous. But for those 24 hours, I, 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 it emboldened me. And I was like, right, we're going out. We're going on to all these shops. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm just going to be out there. And I turned, it, I turned into my brother-in-law. And I was like, look at me, look at me, no mask, no mask. <laughs> so this is, I mean, I know this is a really strange journey that I've gone on, but it just represents the kind of roller coaster yeah. that you're being thrown on. So, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm giving you this story because this is the prelude to being in Cornwall as well. Um, so, and in those experiences, I went to, I went to some, I went to like, you know, Dunelm and places like this, some, some big stores. I was basically the only person not wearing, not wearing a mask. But some other, yeah, lots of people with it just like under their chin, you know, probably 50% of people with it under their nose. Oh, I, know, I yeah. mean, so much loss. But don't you find it interesting, little side sidebar, that it's not socially unacceptable to wear your mask badly. I'm not saying that there aren't people who aren't looking at them thinking, oh, this is now, they need to be wearing them badly. But there's no one, no one gives you the evils that I've seen. And I've asked other people who don't wear their masks very well because they're just doing it tokenistically, whether they receive the same, you know, sensation that I'm getting, which is being watched and being, you know, targeted and all that. And they're like, no, not at all. If you just basically strap something to your chin, no one really cares. It's a, it's a virtue signal. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I have been. So I got over that fear and I've been going everywhere and doing mask free things. We went on holiday. My wife said, look, we're not anywhere near where we live. We're not going to meet anyone I know. Part of the problem is the being judged. And again, it's not even being judged by strangers. It's what if you bump into someone that you know and you have to have the no mask conversation with them. And that's not one you have to want to have, whether it's about your, the state of your mental health, mental well-being, or whether it's because you want to take a stand. So she's like, I'm just not going to bother. I'm not going to bother. We're going to go. I'm like, excellent, great. Let's go in all these shops. And as I say, we we had a we had a we you know, looking around. This is holiday shopping. In and out of some shops with the kids, looking for toys. They got given some pocket money by the grandparents. Let's go and spend it. In and out of shops. Must have got in twenty shops. Only one did we not get challenged, instantly. And this one shop we didn't get challenged at all. And it was a tiny independent um, toy shop, and we were greeted warmly they were the entire shopping experience we ended up buying something from that shop and nowhere else of course you did i was going to ask and, that. It, and it wasn't even because we weren't asked about the masks it was because we were given a good shopping experience it's because we were asked how we were it's because there was little comments made about the kids and what they were looking at and they were helpful and so we bought things that's that's how shopping works and it made it fun um but i think it was you know, no- noticeable that this was a tiny independent shop you go into, uh, I mean, there's a lot of um, a lot of kind of outdoor pursuit type shops. Um, your mountain warehouses yeah, and yeah. things like that. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of surf gear, that kind of thing. And um, instantly, they got they got a person. They got a person there near the door saying, "Can you put your mask on, please? Have you got a mask? Would you like a mask?" You know, they've got them there ready to hand out. I love the idea of them handing in their bare hands yeah. a mask. <laughs> I mean, yeah, utter, utter nonsense. Because my wife often leads in these shopping situations, 
she was the one who had to face a lot of these first time. And so and so she was just going, no, we're exempt. Straight away. She, she did fantastically. And and it's met with, oh, 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 okay, okay. And they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. But it's like they're only ever prepared to give a positive response. Because they're assuming they're going to go, oh, yes, I've got one. Or, oh, thank you very much. So they're ready to just go, great, thanks. And so when you don't, they, they don't know how to change their sentiment. So they still say it with a smile on their face. <laughs> um, but we've got challenge in every single place. I coined a, a new phrase. Um, and because uh, I've thought about this, because you know that there's, there's obviously things like the Disability Discrimination Act and there's the Equalities Act uh, 2010. And being pushed to reveal a disability uh, or a medical issue is, is obviously not not right. That's that's in law. So the concept of them pushing you to tell you a medical excuse of an exemption. I don't think you're allowed to though, are they? It's not allowed. It's yeah. against the law. Um, and so I've got I've wanted to go further than saying I'm exempt. I don't want to say I'm exempt. And I don't want to be challenged on it. Now, I know that that that's the next logical course of action from what I'm about to say. But I wanted to not go in there flagging... be challenged, yeah. Fl- no, but even specifically flagging a medical issue. Um, and, and so I tried... <laughs> this was a, a shop, a souvenir shop on uh, St Michael's Mount. Fantastic place. You should definitely go there. Castle on top of a hill that you can only get to by Causeway for a few hours of the day. Fantastic. A uh, few, few souvenir shops. You only have eight people in the shop at once. Nonsense. Utter nonsense. Person on the door, letting people in and out. Two people come out, so they say to us as a four, the two of you want to go in. So Caroline and uh, my daughter went in. Uh, uh, me and uh, me and the boy waiting. Next two come out. I'm I'm standing there, no mask. Caroline has chosen to wear a mask in there. She she we got to the end of the week. She's just getting so stressed by the being challenged. She's like, I'm just going to wear it this time. Yeah, sure. Going. So it's only me, me at the head of a queue of people that are all donned with their mask all ready to go into this shop, and. We're waiting, we're waiting. I'm not making eye contact. I'm looking around, I'm talking to my son. And then two people come out. And she says, oh, do, you want, do you want to go in? Oh, yeah, great. Again, I'm saying this without making eye contact. I start to walk in. And she goes, oh, um, have you got your mask to put on? And I turned to her, made eye contact and said, oh, no, I don't wear them. <laughs> and, and she replied, oh, okay. Because, again, they don't know what to say. And so they just, uh, they, they just accept yeah. Oh, okay. And I went, and I did it with a big grin, and, and I went in. Because that's the truth. I don't wear them. I am not telling you why I'm not wearing them, because I don't feel that that's relevant, and you're not an enforcement officer, and I know the law, and the only people who can enforce it are the police, and the police aren't allowed to ask you why. So it's a circular non-argument, isn't it? Um, but that's my latest, my latest phrase is, no, I don't wear them. And then if pushed, I'm going to say, are you an enforcement officer? And I'm going to go down all of that kind of stuff. But that's, uh, that's where I got to. I didn't yeah. wear a mask at all, um, but it was uncomfortable. And they were all a bunch of bedwetters. So I'd, um, I've had a couple of, uh, a couple of experiences um, recently. Uh, well, I say not, one of them isn't, isn't myself. But um, So there's a shop that my wife goes to um, where masks are banned. Oh, wow. Um, because the, Tell me about this shop. Because the owner is deaf. 
And she relies on having <laughs> okay. she relies on having to lip read people. Yes, she just can't she can't serve people properly. Yes, if they're, if they're covered up. So yes. she's like, you know what? Nobody, nobody wears a mask. And yes. she, you know they still do the. I think I think she probably she probably lets fewer people in the shop than normal. But it's not a it's not a busy shop. Any plastic anyway. screens and things? I don't and think what so. type of shop is it? So. A craft shop. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, so um, it's just a retail establishment. Just a, a small small independent shop. Um, Shelves, products, till desk. Yeah, classic. Yeah. Yep. Um and yeah, so 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 people don't people don't wear masks because she needs to she needs to be able to understand what her customers are saying. Um the other um the other experience I had was I went to and I don't I'm not gonna name this particular You're gonna tell me after this podcast, I know this because I'll, we had I'll, this conversation. I'll, I'll, on oh yeah, Twitter. I will tell you. So I had um I had quite a, a, an amazing experience actually. It was it was written well, relative terms, it must just make it even, I even know, better. Yeah, so I went to a local kind of tea and coffee place. Um and there were no masks. There were no plastic screens. No one was wearing a mask. Not the people behind the counter serving the drinks. Not people in the shops. Uh, everyone was just kind of standing and milling around. Nobody was social distancing. It was almost like going back like in normal. time. It was fantastic. And I remember just thinking, I'm just so thankful for this like half an hour I've had <laughs> yeah. of being able to go and buy, buy you know, buy a cup of tea. Uh, and not have to, and, and you know, and no, nobody was, you know, people were kind of wandering in and out of the shop. Nobody was batting an eyelid. Nobody was saying, oh, you know, that's with your own mask. It wasn't, you know, it was just. It was so that is the complete opposite amazing. of the experience I had yesterday. Right. In Starbucks. Well, we did you so, see the photograph no, I no, the, the last the last podcast we were talking about you not going to Starbucks because of Mermaid. So you, yeah. I bet you're not going to go for a while now. The only reason I went was because it is. The only, I, I, having, having said that, this is not the case. I could have gone to the one in the country park or something like this. Um, it was my son's last day before going back to school because they staggered the starts. Right. So he's going back much later because they're only putting a year at a time or two okay. years in different classes at a time. So he's one of the last to go back to school. So he's had a few days with just us. And this was the last day. And we started going for a walk. I decided that while his sister was going to school, we'd we get him ready and get out of the door at the same time, get used to the routine. Uh, but we'll go for a walk instead. And we started going for a walk, and I was like, Leo, do you want a hot chocolate? And so he's like, oh, yeah. And he, and he loves he loves the Starbucks hot chocolate. I hate yeah. it. But he loves it. He wants to go. He, he knew specifically he, that he wanted to go to that place. So we got on our bikes, and we, and we rode over there. And, um, and, and so I wouldn't have normally gone, but went for him. It was... It was like a ghost town inside to start with, albeit by the time we were actually sat down and had found a place to sit, because there's like chairs all stacked up at one side, all these um, labels you know, slapped onto tables and chairs and the kind of, you know, the high up benches you can sit up, sit up at, saying, do not sit here, do not sit here, do not sit here. We eventually found a booth there's like three booths at the side of the place. Right. Now, you'll love this. Rather than just saying the one in the middle isn't allowed, so you can have the two at the sides. No, no, no. It's only the one in the middle that is allowed. And the two at the edges are. So, utter nonsense. Utter nonsense. Um, but we went in there with the only people sat in. The service was atrocious anyway. Um, but everyone coming in was wearing a mask, got their stuff and left. They were, there were people sat outside. There were quite a few tables outside. And by the time we'd sat down, they were all full of people 
all drinking outside, but nobody wanted to be inside. Um, and the signs on the floor, you know, the, the social distance queuing type signs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, two metres apart or whatever. I can't remember the exact phrase, but it didn't say any of that. There was a spot on the floor and it was like, don't go any further. It was like, stay here. It was like, wait here. It, it, it didn't, it didn't make, make any reference to the next place or anything. And it was basically, if you followed the signs, you would never get in the shop. Because you'd just be at the first one, and you'd never <laughs> ever go to the next one. So, obviously ignored all that. And then finally, um, got our stuff. Uh, by the way, I very much ordered to, to drink in, to eat in. Yeah, we've got a couple of you know pastries as well. Takeaway cups, for really. Got given all takeaway stuff. Even though we're eating... Yeah. I don't know about you, but, you know, putting a something in a hot dishwasher normally sterilises things. That's kind of what it's for. Um, but no, nothing uh, nothing but disposable stuff. Um, so didn't get the nice eating experience. We're there for about 10 minutes, sipping our drinks, eating our stuff, in, enjoying time with my son. And then the guy who served me comes up. I and mean, they weren't wearing masks. But you know, the stupid plastic screens. I had to order three times because he couldn't hear me. Well, yeah. So, so I've, I've, I've been in a couple of places where you got the plastic screens in front of the, uh, you know, the checkout, mm. and everyone just sticks their head to the side because you can't. They, they, yeah. they block noise. Well, so. let, let alone that they, they, if you've got to pay for something, they normally come around the side and hand yeah, you sure, the uh, yeah. you know, payment thing. Oh yes, that's nonsense. Um, so the guy guy came over and he was really apologetic. He was just a teenager. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. I need you to fill in this form. <laughs> so he gives me a slip of paper. This is like. Like a piece of A4 has been has been sliced like twenty times. It's like it's like an inch tall. This piece of paper, with a you know, single sentence about COVID, and then like three or four fields to fill in, and it was for test and trace, and it was name, date and time, and telephone number. So, and he, and he get he hands me this with his ungloved hand and a pen, and says, "Can you fill this out, please?" I mean, obviously at that point there, I could have turned it all against him and said, well, "I'm not touching that. That's not sterilised." I'm not, you know, what about this paper? I, I, I'm going to have to leave that for 72 hours before I, <laughs> before I sign it. You know, could have done all that. Um, but, uh, but instead, he walked away, and I turned to my son and went, so what name should we put down? <laughs> and he went, and he you know, said our names. And I was like, no, 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 what name should we put down? And, and he started getting, you could see the cogs start whirring. And he said, but whatever name we put down, isn't that the name we're going to have to put down everywhere else forever? <laughs> like, he thought we were changing our names. Um, he's eight, bless him. And that, that's fine. But in the end, so I said, look, he couldn't come up with it. I put on the spot. So I said, what's your favourite name? You know, come up with a name. Couldn't, couldn't do it. Uh, and, uh, and so in the end, I said, how about, how about we do a superhero name? And, uh, and so uh, there's a, there's a, there's a programme. Uh, parents will know the programme Hey Dougie. On, uh, it's on Netflix and stuff, but it's on BBC, uh, CBBS as well. It's an absolutely fantastic program. It's like five minutes an episode. It's an animation. It, I, I could watch them for hours, okay? Proper, properly funny. It's good for the kids, but it's got so much stuff that's funny for, for grown-ups as well. Um, and uh, the, the characters in this are all, are all kids, but they're all different animals. And there's an episode where they're all pretending to be superheroes, and they're like, you know, animating all of these big kapows, and they're all saying their superhero name as they like burst through the sky, and it's like super this, and you know, all all these proper superhero names, and the final one just goes, Stephen, <laughs> and his superhero name is Stephen. So I was like, right, 
Stephen. Uh, and then, uh, and then uh, Leo decided to choose the, the name Spencer. So Stephen Spencer was our name. I think my telephone number was 0712345, you know, whatever. Put some random numbers down and, uh, and, and there we go. I, I tweeted a picture of that and I've had not a lot of abuse, but I have had some abuse. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, the proper, you know, bedwetter type people who, you know, think we're all going to die as a result of people like me. But that, that wasn't quite as nice as your... No, mine was amazing, yes. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it, was, it was like going back in time, you know, a year to, to having a normal, you know, you know a, a normal, cup of, normal cup of tea in a place where just everyone was relaxed. Nobody was, yeah. nobody was nervous. You know, it was just, it was like entering a different realm. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I mean... We had we had a cream tea. Obviously, went to Cornwall. Tick, I ticked off the you know Cornish pasty. Got to have one of those. Sure. Cream tea. Got to have one of those. I must admit, it was the nicest cream tea I've ever had. The, the scones were amazing. Um, but even the staff in the cafe we went to for that, there was just no consistency. They didn't they didn't have it together. We we sat down, and then after about five minutes, I got up and went to the tills and said, "I'm really sorry. Is it?" table service or do I have to order here and they're like no 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 it's fine it's table service table service because of COVID and all this and you think well I'm here now <laughs> you forced me to get up here um, then we had one server who came have you had this experience yet have you, have you been out to anywhere yet where they bring a tray of, of, of drinks but then you have to take them off have you had this yet no oh, we do a couple of pubs like this now where they, they have poured a drink they have held the glass they put it on a tray, and then they come up to you, your table, and they say, you have to take it off. Well, how did it get on there? It's <laughs> <laughs> nonsense. But, so it's a real thing, and I've had that in more than one place now. And so we had the, can you, can you take it off, please? And you, can, for just an easy life, you go, you take this stuff off. But then, the next person who comes, and it's, it's complete opposite. So there's no consistency whatsoever. But at least it wasn't, you know, it was, it was a full cafe, you know, you, Sat in an old English cafe with table service is what you want mm. in that experience anyway. So yeah, it wasn't wasn't particularly different. Yeah, and everything yeah. outside, no one gave a damn. No one gave a damn. It's not like France. It's not like they're all masked up outside and you know the masked police are, are trying to get you. Speaking of masked police, do you want to do you want to move on to some of the later things? That, should we, that should are we catch now? up? Because I don't know whether you want to. Gloss over the um, the exams debacle, or whether you want to touch on that a bit, because I know we've got stuff that's happened like right today, but we haven't talked about the A levels or GCSE results, and I kind of think they're worth an honourable mention. Yeah, let's let's. I'll I'll pour, I'll pour you out another uh, oh, I'm still whiskey. No, I'm still going. You, you, I've been, I've been, to be fair, I have been doing the talking. That's unusual for a sounding board podcast. Oi, 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 oi. Well, do you know what? This next bit is going to be about modelling, isn't it? Because uh, of, do, do you want to explain how they came to the results and how they flip flopped on them? Um, well, they ba- they basically made them up. Um, they... But there were two types of ways of making them up. Teacher assessment, teacher predicted the, grades. Yeah, so they had and and a model. So they had, and this, the funniest thing about this for me was that they did this in like multiple places first, where they had to U-turn. And then England just did exactly the same thing. So it happened in Scotland first, do you remember? They U-turned first, didn't they? So yes. they, had, they, had all the, they had all the teacher assessments, and then they used an algorithm to, to kind of... To, That's to, right, they to, didn't call it a model. 
They called it an algorithm. They called it an algorithm. Uh, and then it dropped people's grades back. And then what they found was that it was dropping students' grades back dependent on where they lived. Oh, and if they were in like a right. poor neighbourhood, um, then their grades were getting dropped back a lot more uh, than if they were in a rich neighbourhood. And so people, it was all based on the previous year. Yeah, and they were saying, well, no, poor people couldn't have, couldn't have, have uh, jumped ahead that much. Yeah. Um, you know, it was like a 25% increase from, you know, uh, or whatever. Uh, and, you know, it couldn't possibly happen. Therefore, we need to, something must be done. So it was like, okay, we'll, we'll use the algorithm. And then, then they ended up rowing back from that. And it could, it could be that because teachers knew that these assessments were going to be used, they could have been artificially bumping up poor kids you know it's 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 but what that was never proved no. um and yeah so they kind of use the algorithm what like, teacher is going to give all duff grades to their kids in this situation well, I, I know so it, 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 both both ways are ludicrous just get yeah. them in exams their kids are not going to be affected by covid get get them to do exams i don't know about you but when i was doing my exams i was about two meters away <laughs> from everyone i was sat next to i like the, 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 the they do it. They've been doing it for years to prevent cheating, not, <laughs> not to prevent breathing on people. But anyway, yeah. So they had they had these uh, they used this algorithm. They then had to row back because of all the bad press and, and you know it went on for for, for some days because of politics. Because of politics, they finally row back. England just does the same thing. Oh, we're going to do the same thing. Yeah, we're going we're going we're going to use a, use a model, and it's just yeah. Um, and got into you know got into have they given them, again. am I right in saying that you get the best grade whether it's the algorithm or the teacher assessment I yeah think. whatever whatever gives you the the greatest score I believe. And, and that's and that's obviously because they 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 did the stupid thing of not just going straight to the teacher assessments not learning from the from the Scots they they had the the algorithm do its thing have people upset <laughs> but then some people classic example of some people will have got a higher grade by the algorithm because the algorithm's weird than their teacher assessment. So, best of both worlds. So, well, they don't, they don't want, they've learned from the Lib Dems. They don't, <coughs> they don't want to annoy students, do they? Oh, yeah, well, I Because everybody wants a young person's vote. Um, so that they, uh, they don't Even if they can't even have it yet. Yeah, sure. Um, do you want to talk a bit about how, um, how, in general, that's going to affect their future hiring prospects? Oh, you mean that if somebody, if somebody has a look at your, GCSE results or your A-level results and sees, ah, oh, 2020. How many people are going to put a different year? I mean, it's, you've got to be smart to do that, I suppose. <laughs> so you want to hire that person. <laughs> but you'd put 2019, you'd kind of, you know, fake your age a little bit. Or something. Yeah, or if you, I think... Don't I think, worry, I was the last of the... I think, I think like you say, if you... If it was obvious that you, if if you if you changed the year, but you could work out from the person's age that they changed the year, I'd be more inclined to hire <laughs> that person for sure. But I want to talk. I suppose it's the, uh, it's the consequences of of the of the policy of the change of people's behaviour and how it therefore changes other behaviour. As someone who hires people, as someone I don't look at CVs anymore. I have other people to do that, but. I'm still involved in the hiring process. Um, I'm I'm going to want us to be sure that we treat those people differently. I'm going to need a I'm going to need a different way of of measuring their qualification. And now, I mean, it's not like I put much stock in the grades that people got anyway. It's certainly not degrees. I'm, I am um, I have more. <laughs> I hate using words like this. Faith. <laughs> 
in in the quality of someone's GCSEs being a reflection of academic note, academic achievement, um, than uh, than the degrees. Uh, but uh, but it's not like I was you know, all about qualifications. But it's businesses are it's going to impact hiring decisions. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I mean, I think I mean. So you and you and I didn't go to university, so we probably treat people differently anyway Abs- because absolutely. we haven't been to university. I mean, I don't even have A levels. You know, you you got a lot further than I did. I've got five GCSEs and that's it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I mean I I I I don't like. I'm, I'm almost. If there were two people, all things, all, all other things being equal, if I was, if I had a choice between employing two two people, one of them had been to university, and one of them had left school and had just kind of worked somewhere else for, for, and had a few years' experience, I'd, I'd hire the guy with experience and, and not the degree for sure. I mean, I, I rarely that the the person with the degree would have to have experience for me to even get to the point of even considering them. So that the experience trumps degrees. Literally every time. Well, let's let's, let's, let's say let's say okay, you got a degree and two years experience, or you got five years experience. It doesn't have to be experience in the job you're doing; just experience in the real ah, world. The University of Life. Yeah. The school of Hard Knocks. <laughs> and the kindergarten <laughs> getting the shit kicked out of you. Yeah, absolutely. Nice, nice, nice Blackadder reference. Um, I, I remember when I was when I was at I was contracting at. We're doing compare the market. It was a local a local contract, and there was a yeah. we had a guy on. I think he was on work experience. Um, or, or he was just doing like a few weeks with us before going to do his degree. Right. And he, I think he'd done his A levels in like computer science or something. Um, really, really great lad. Really, really bright. Really, really new stuff. Is one of the, one of those guys who codes in his spare time. You know, yeah. He's, he's no, lo- loved it from that's, from a, from a that's kid. the people I like to hire. And I remember thinking it's such a shame that we can't just take this guy on now. Because he'd learn more in three years with the group of people that I was working with than he ever would. So did they only take on graduates? Because um, some people do. Some people I, only I think, take I on graduates. So. Or they have a graduate scheme. Yeah. And that's how you get in. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, that's nonsense. So another model screwed us over. Mm. Well, not us. but um, Well, from a hiring oh, yeah, perspective, from, from perspective, you're going gonna to have to hire people as well. There'll, there might be a point where you... Oh, yeah, I'm gonna, your organisation, I don't know whether you're hiring very many young people or whether these are people. Yeah, with... no, no, most, most, are, most are young, to be honest. Right, okay. Um, so you're going to have this problem. You're going to have this problem, the 2020 problem, potentially the 2021 problem and 2022 problem as well, depending on how this goes. Um, but yeah, are they going to be worth the paper they're printed on, bearing in mind they're not based on any actual testing? Yeah, it's... it's I mean, but it's, I mean, I would argue that... Most qualifications aren't really worth the paper they're printed on anyway. Yeah. I mean, so when I'm when I'm interviewing for the software developers, I will give them a task and. Are you going to do your anecdote now? Your little phrase about Starbucks baristas or whatever. Oh no, that's that's that was um what was that? That was about being that was about being a scrum, scrum master. master. Yeah. So the, the, so the, that's yeah. a software dev qualification. Yeah. So there are, there are, there are other kind of qualifications in you know if you're in if you're in IT, one of them is scrum master. And you can earn you can earn reasonable money being a scrum master, which is kind of not not really managing a team, but kind of being like, supposed to be like a servant leader to a team. Um, and uh, you, you can be a certified scrum master. And I, so I was a scrum master for a while. I used to kind of do this this role on a contract not basis. Not certified. No, certainly not certified. I used, I used to, <laughs> so it takes. And, and the anecdote is, it takes two days to become a certified scrum master and three days to become a Starbucks barista. So that's the. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm not I'm not going to bother. Um, you know, my my years of experience from doing the doing the job is it should should be worth more. And if if you don't think that's the case, then I don't want to work for you. Yeah. Um, well, you know, in IT, a qualification is out of date by the time you finished it. Of course it is. And that's ignoring that experience trumps a qualification anyway. Um, but it's just no point. Certainly, any qualification that takes any length of time, um, it's just it's just no point. Yeah, sure. Well, think think how often like kind of computer languages and stuff change. Yeah, you know, every, every six months they're bringing out new versions with with, with, with new protocols and, and all sorts. Let alone the infrastructure changes as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, but anyway, when I'm interviewing, I give people a test, and they don't they don't have to do it there and then. I mean, they might, if, you know, depending on what it, if they're if I'm interviewing like a tester, I might say, here, here's 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 a here's a screen or something, and here's twenty minutes to to go and uh, go away and, and come up with like a bunch of tests. But programmers, right. I will give them a like a say let's say with a front end developer, there'll be like a simple front end task. Where you have to kind of make a circle appear on screen, and I want to be able to, to click in this area, and another circle appears. I want to be able to drag and drop, and I want collision detection, all that kind of stuff. So, it won't take them that long. Um, and then we if just, they know what they're if doing. they know what they're doing, and then we just say, and then at the end, do something else with this. So anything you like, anything you like, oh, absolutely okay. anything you like. Okay. And and then they'll come to the interview, and it's just like talk us through it. Why did you do this? And then there, honestly, there are no wrong answers, but it, it's just like. What was your thought process? Because there might be things where that's not the way I would have done it, but you don't know until you interview someone, it might be a really good idea. It might be better, yeah. So you interview them and, and you, you say, right, okay, talk, talk, you know, talk, talk me through, your, through, through your, your, your thought process and your answers and how they, how they talk about that, how they interact with you and stuff. That's another, you know, that, that's how I do it. Um, if it's, I, I, did, I mean, so in, in the last kind of, I mean, I've recruited quite a few people in the last six months. Um, because of COVID, they've all been uh, entirely remote. Entirely remote. So I haven't had a chance to, to really pair with them. Now you can pair program mm. remotely, but it's it's a bit awkward, and you can't. It's difficult to do with a, with a group. Um, mm. When I have a face to face interview, the number one test is can you work well with others. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not necessarily concerned with how good your code is because I can teach people to code. Um, but are you are you a good fit within the team? Um, you know, obviously you want a base, a base level, but you know, I don't necessarily need a genius. I want someone to work well. Not, it's not going to be a keyboard hog who can bounce ideas off somebody. And how do you do that remotely? I mean, I'm intrigued by this. We could turn this whole podcast into how to work you can't, from home. Yeah, you can't. Re- it's difficult to it's difficult to judge that remotely um, because remote pairing is is difficult. You know, sharing a sharing a machine, sharing a terminal, and chatting and. But forget and, pair programming. How. It, you know, you're still managing a team larger than a pair. So, how do you get? How do you foster the kinds of interaction, the kinds of idea generating and innovation that you get from being all in the same room? How do you foster that remotely? You take a punt. Right. You, you, there's no way. There's no way of doing. It. So, is it is it an X factor? Is it just something that a person has where they've got the get up and go? to talk to people and engage with them remotely because they want to. Yeah, and, it, and it's just, you know, so there was a guy who we, who we interviewed um, recently um, and he just came across so well in the interview. Um, and he was, so he had it, so my, my, my boss spent a weekend on LinkedIn trying to find people. Yeah. Um, and he found this guy um, who was kind of looking, looking for work. Uh, and he kind of, you know, he bounced a few kind of messages back my boss is the CEO of the company. So he owns the company, so it's uh, he was you know he kind of approached this guy. Um, we've we've got some great LinkedIn hires now. Yeah, so yeah. we have as well. It's it's, it's fantastic. Um, 
and so he chatted a few times and this guy was really honest with him so the first thing that was that went in his favor was because we wanted like a full stack developer yeah and he said yeah i'm a full stack developer but just to let you know i haven't really done much front end over the past couple of years it's been mainly back end yeah um you know quite so so i'm, I'm a little bit rusty i'm not it's not me yeah, it's yeah. like well yeah fair, fair play you know he's, he's been right off the bat he's been really honest with us um and uh, and he, he he kind of said, look, I'm you know I'm a little bit nervous about doing some of the front end stuff if I'm honest, um, but you know I've I've done it in the past, yeah. and it's like mm, you know what I'd rather you told us that now. That's yeah. absolutely fine. That's, that's a known, what's well, a known known actually at that point. Yeah, the, for the, sure. the, the point is, I'm not going to be surprised by that, and I know where to focus some of your training or to for you to gain some relevant recent experience in order to become the full stack developer of my dreams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So and then and then, so we. Uh, we interviewed him, um, uh, and uh, he just came across so well in the interview. Um, you know, he wasn't a he wasn't overly confident, um, but he just had like an amazing manner about him. Really, really nice and polite, very smiley. Um, yeah. You know, you could tell he knew his stuff. Um, yeah. And and he's been great. He's been fantastic. We've had him for a couple of months now. He's a great guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. How have your team? Were, I know you were hired specifically to. To run a remote team, yes, before COVID. Well, so this this was my boss thinking ahead. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. it was specifically this. So this is just good business practice. He saw what was happening. Well, he so he so. And well, my question was, how many of the staff were already working remotely anyway, or was this a team that historically have been sat in an office? No, together? this is a team that has historically sat in an office, other than right. a couple of people that we had in Poland. Um, yeah, so we had kind of a couple of people Analysis. abroad. Yeah, um, who were still. You know, working for the, they weren't they weren't they weren't oh they were employees they were employees right um, but but were working um, working in Poland and had them for years you know it's kind of seven or eight years these people have been have been with us okay um, other than them everyone else was kind of working in the office um, my boss wanted to move to, a, to like kind of part working from home um, you know part working in the office so yeah one you can save on office space two it saves people money yep. Um, and he, you know, he's, he's fine. He, he recognises that you need. To, he wanted to. He was struggling to get talent within the area that we we're based in. So he realised he was yes. going to have to go further afield, be it internationally or even just at a national level. And if you're allowing those people to work from home, you've got to allow everybody else to work from home as well. So the people who are local come into the office, you know, one or two days a week, and everyone else can kind of, you know, you can work from home the rest of the time. So he wanted someone to to to, to do that. Suddenly, COVID came along, so he's like, "Right, we need, really need to ramp this up now." So he kind of yeah. spoke to me, and and I was employed like a week before lockdown, or so. It was like a week before my birthday, so yeah. it was just before lockdown. Now, I, I obviously have a bit more experience, I suppose, of people that aren't devs, <laughs> or people specifically in you know doing IT jobs, um, because I think that they are that they are different, and the idea. I mean, again, I don't know your team. But you know, there, there's a there's a dev stereotype, but there's a reason, you know, and they they often want to work on their own, headphones in, you know, tapping away at three a.m. or you know whatever. Their 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 working patterns are different, and they want to be left alone, and you know that. The, the the loner dev is is not unheard of in any no, way. No, so there's, there's there's one guy who works who works for me, um, and so he. He, he loves working from home. He loves working on his own. He's a proper... 
And he's yeah, he does he doesn't mind working with people, but if if he's working from home, he's fine, and he just likes to be given a task and to get on and do it. Yeah. Um, and he's but he's very very good. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, oh yeah. He's, 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 but I'm, but I'm saying, well, I think working from home works for devs better on average. Probably. Than it does for others. But but this guy, so we he doesn't he doesn't even like meetings. So you know you know you kind of yeah, yeah. standard stand up meetings that last five or ten minutes. That's too long. That's too much. I don't I know he doesn't even want to do that. So um, so he, what he did, and this is this so this is the level that the, the, the good devs go to to make their lives easier. Tell me. Right. So he he wrote this piece. So out the software that we uh, <laughs> he coded his way out of the problem. Yeah, he did. <laughs> So the, our software is all about remote working and collaboration and, and, and collaboration. Whether or you know, or it's 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 for collaboration, be it in an office or, or otherwise. Mm. It's it's very much for, for remote working as well. So he he rewrote like an area of the system that's basically a Twitter clone. Okay, where okay, um, so you, you posts and feeds. You, yeah, you you log on in the morning and it gives you like a little reminder to say. Just let everyone know what you're doing, so you can you can put on like you know this is what I'm doing today, uh, bash bash bash. You can tag people in it. Mm. Um, people can respond to you and, and ask you questions and stuff. So now I can go in the morning and I just click on a button. I know exactly what my team are working on, um, and I can just I can I can either ask them about it or they you know I can. And the point of that was the prevention. We don't need the meetings the anymore. Huddle. Yeah, so we have we have we have we have ad hoc meetings when we want. We have we have like a couple, probably have a couple a week where like Monday and Friday. This is what we're doing for the week. I suppose things where you've got to you've got to tell people what to do, where you've got to change what people do. You might need to actually get people together for meetings. Yeah, but, but not not everybody needs to know that. Yes, we can we can we can afford to meet a couple of times a week, and I can and everybody can let people know what they're doing. Yeah. Or you can look at everybody else's feed and and see what they're doing from a, from a day to day basis. So as long as they populate it, as long as they yeah yeah. So everyone comes on, they kind of they 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 they, they, they type in what they're what they're doing today. I go on it, you know, and it, say by ten o'clock everyone's done it. So I can kind of find out what everyone's doing. I can kind of ask some questions and and yeah, it's pretty. So he just coded his way out of this problem. Nice, it's brilliant. No, I love that. I love it. Coding whatever problem is how I want every dev to operate. Well, so there's there are yeah there are you want like a proactive lazy person. Do you know do you know what I mean? Yes, yes. Someone who's so lazy that they'll build someone so they don't have to do it. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's that's what you want. So laziness in a developer coupled with 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 working proactive is actually a really good thing. I find that such a difficult mix of because skills. yeah you have some you have some developers who, who, who are lazy. But they're not lazy in a good way, so they will just do these laborious <laughs> tasks because it's you know. Whereas I want someone they won't to do think, anything complicated. I want someone to think, you know what? I'm doing the same thing every day. Let's automate. Let's it. let's write a script. Yeah, or, or or whatever. So yeah, you want the kind of kind of proactive, lazy people. I think. Yeah. No, I I have I have had this conversation with people before, and I I have I've not. Proactive lazy is not the term I've ever come up with, but there isn't a word for it. I mean, that's no, the yeah, point. there's probably there a better isn't... there's probably a better term somewhere for yeah. this type of person. But yeah, well, that was a good diversion from. Uh, but, but recruitment's going to be a problem. I mean, and that's the thing. But we've never talked about working from home particularly, but that's obviously one of the things that people have been physically forced to do when they're not a key and it's worker. Been, it's, it's been so I've had to um, I've had to kind of not not coach my team, but just kind of help my team get through it. Because most, so I've, I've, one of the reasons I was employed was because I've, I've the last group you were doing, the last team you were doing, well, the last few, the last, yeah. the last few have been working, not just working from home. They've been fully distributed teams, right. so there've been people working in different countries, different time zones, 
the whole the whole shebang. So not just a team suddenly working from home. But what you tend to do with that is that you tend to start people off slowly. Yeah. So you start off, everyone works from home one day a week, and then two days a week, and then three days a week. Yeah. Uh, and then you, you kind of build gradually. it up. Not only that, you're still around to see your friends in the evenings, and you, you encourage, I'm encouraging people, look, go out at lunchtime. Go, go out and go out and see your friends. Yeah. Go for a walk. Yeah. Go to the gym, whatever. Yeah. Do all your social activities because you need a tran- you know, you need these transitions. You need yeah. to, you know, to still have the the interaction with people. So the my team went, I said to people, my team went from from working in the office 100% full time yes. to suddenly being forced to work from home 5 days a week and not allowed to see their their friends of in course. the evening. So it's like it's a double whammy. So I'm having to kind of check up on them every day. Are you are you okay? Do you, you know, yeah. is everything fine? I'll tell, tell you one of my tips, and I'm pretty sure that it was not taken up by uh, you know 100 you know, percent of our of our of our workforce, and that was when when people when when most people went home, and yeah, won't go into the politics of it, but you know not not everyone went home, um, but the people that were scared went home. I mean, it's just uh, you know, and we were trying to be as you know, we facilitated that. We gave people desks and chairs and computers and phones, and you know this wasn't just going you know work on your bed with a laptop. No, we did we did this properly. Um, but I said to them on the day before, I was like, right, when this when this happens, okay, the normal time that you get out, leave your house, leave your house every morning, every morning, go for a walk, leave your house, and then come back at the time that you would normally be coming into work. And then you've got, even though you're coming back into, into your house, you've created a separation, not, and you've got exercise and you're outside and it's mentally good. But if, you, if you're used to a commute, you still need your commute time. And so you need to go, I, I, I firmly think that is an excellent way of working from home. Yeah, so there's 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 I, I so I recommend something similar to that. So one so there are, there are two things about that. Or or there's kind of one thing in the morning, there's two things in the evening. Okay. So the the main thing when this is in the morning and the evening is you need a transition. Mm. So you need a transition between work between being at home and being at work. Um, because I reckon I reckon you do this as well. I reckon you you will I, I bet you work from because I've seen you do it. You work from home all over the house. Um, so you'd, yep. be, you'd be taking calls everywhere. You have your laptop everywhere. What you really need is, if not another office. Look at the size of that spider. Oh, that's huge. I'm going to have to get rid of that. Otherwise, we're going to. If, if my wife finds out, we're going to have to move house. Um, <laughs> have okay. you got a shoe nearby. Um, we, we, so that's fine. We can do this quickly. We, we, we can do this. I'm, I don't want to kill it. No, want... you've got to kill it. No, no. You have to. Are you going to pick it up? I want to pick it up. I'm going to grab it in a, in a, in a Oh, you're not one of these. Look, you've changed, man. Do you not remember the spider that you squashed? Oh, it's gone. Well, um... <laughs> Do you oh. not remember the spider that you squashed on your wall as a warning to all <laughs> others? <laughs> I do now. I do now. This is. You see, you've missed your opportunity now. It's I've run off it. into the corner. Oh, no, no, no. I've got it, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. If it runs this way, I won't be responsible for my no, actions. No, it has. It's coming this way. It's coming this way. We're going to have to edit this out. I apologise to all listeners. You said, I've got it, I've got it. I have now. Have you got it this time? I have now. Well, why don't you just leave that there? Well, no, I need to, I need to, I need to get it. 
get out. This is a this is a big bugger. I think it's going to topple that grass. <laughs> you think this spider is so big that it's going to walk away? Well, it's it's sticking its leg under. <laughs> I think no, it's fine. I think this is good podcast material. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll listen to it back and we'll see. If... Right. Okay. So I've got it. It's that season. It's September. Do you need me to open the door? Is look, it, at, look at this. Is it struggling? It's, I'm fine. I'm fine. No, I, no, I can see it from here. Do, 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 do you think? Oh, that's, oh, that's, no, that's I horrible. I don't know if people can see the size of, of the spider. In, in that's, the, that's huge. It's, uh, it's, it's huge. Right, so I'm, I'm just going to throw this. It's the, a house spider. It'll come back in. Well, no, how do I throw it in the neighbours? <laughs> that's that's a good do. idea. Right, one second. I think it's, well, I'll wait till he comes back. My policy on spiders is you kill them. Yeah, but that's, I don't like killing things. My libertarianism only stretches to humans. <laughs> I don't like killing things I'm not going to eat. Um, I, can't, I can't remember. Look, we were talking about... Transitions. Transitions. Right, right. okay. So the, the, first, the first thing is you need, you need to transition. So ideally, you know, you want like an office, like in your garage or in like a, an outhouse or something. Uh, Absolutely. Second, people s- don't have that, which is which is fair enough. Yeah. So second, second to that, if you have, if you can have some kind of a, like an office space where this is where I work, whether it's a spare bedroom or what, doesn't have to be a yeah, spare bedroom, just an area. It can yeah. be like a, an area of your lounge or whatever. But this is this is where I work. So when I'm, I'm at where I'm here, I'm working. I'm working. So you're in that area of when, you know nine to five when you're working. As soon as you clock off, you don't go to that area again. That, that ideally, you can do other things as well. Like you can get dressed for work. Yes. So you can, yes. you can, you know, I've got my work clothes on now. Therefore, I kind of feel different. And the whole point of that is, so it's not, it's not really so you don't feel at home when you're at work. It's so you don't feel like you're at work when you're at home in the evenings yes. afterwards. Yes. So you're not tempted to come to log onto your emails, and you don't, you know, you need you need these kind of transitions. The second thing in the evening, and I found this when I. Because I, I, I started contracting in 2002. It was a long time ago. I got my first contract in 2002. And uh, you know, I was kind of working locally before that for a few years, but it wasn't particularly taxing on the brain. Um, I then had kind of contracts. And I think it was on my first contract locally, which was a few years later. Because I'd been commuting. I'd had, had, I'd, I'd had kind of two-hour drives sometimes like both ways. Yes. Um, so I was like spending four hours traveling a day. The best was like, you know, an hour on the train and like a half an hour walk or whatever. Um, so, I'd, you know, I'd kind of commute to London or whatever, come back. Um, and I come back and I'm fine, you know, because I've had this kind of lot. I've, I've had about, by this time I was having busy, busy jobs, really using my brain, probably like writing code all day or whatever. And you got the cool down time. You got the cool down time. What you don't, I remember coming back and having like a, a, a contract close to home and thinking, this is fantastic. I can get up at eight o'clock in the morning now and I'm still in work by nine o'clock. By quarter past five, I'm at home. But you're still in work mode. But I'm, you know, Julie's, my wife is asking me questions like, what do you want for dinner? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and I can't, I've just, you know, I've, I've been making decisions all day using my brain and I'm useless. I'm absolutely useless. So I just used to have to, yeah, go to the gym or read a book or whatever, or go for a walk, go for a bike ride, that kind of yeah. thing. Have the ch- and, and and we worked out um, that I I just needed this time, and yeah. it, it didn't need to be the same as the whole commute. It could just be like half an hour. But I didn't yeah. need half an hour to switch off, just to kind of to dump my brain. It could be playing the guitar for half an hour, just doing something yep. completely different. 
you know you kind of need that time you transition and then it's like you know what i'm fine now you can ask you can ask me what i want for dinner and i'll be able to give so you an answer you mentioned you mentioned me it is different when you have created and run a business i'm sure it it, it just is especially when i mean it was the, the two of us ran i'm not talking about you and me i'm talking about my business partner here um ran the business for what seemed like a decade <laughs> um but was actually two years um in, in our respective yeah. spare rooms just us we faked a larger company uh and we did everything didn't, didn't you used to kind of create names and fake fake voices and stuff and pretend to be oh, fake people voices and- I'll tell you a funny story. This is a great anecdote. I'm sure you used to, this is a great used to pretend to be different people, though, didn't you? I didn't. And this was the thing. I didn't, but my business partner did. Um, so I was, I, I was the techie. He's the salesperson. Now, we did everything else in between. And there'd be times where he would do tech and I would do sales. Because that's what you have to do when there's two people running a business. Um, but we did, we did absolutely everything. Um, Specifically, if he needed, he needed a different persona. Um, a techie can sell, but a salesperson can't do tech. That's not. That's just not as acceptable. And so he needed another persona. Um, he also, also, the root, actually, the major reason for this. So he had a, he had a persona for being a techie, <laughs> and and actually, we used the name of a of a friend of mine, so that it was easy for me to roll off the tongue. <laughs> Um, and so now my friend is the real, his name. Right. And, that, and I literally call him that. And and um, but he had a, he created a persona to be a salesperson because the previous place he worked at started, started bad mouthing him. Right. And that was the real reason why why he created a different salesperson persona for himself as well. But by the end of it, it was it was getting ridiculous because it almost became like a thing. It's like, well, who can I invent now? Oh, I'm the marketing manager. I am so and so, and and all these names. I've got a couple of anecdotes which I think you'll find funny. One is that he would never put a different voice on for any of them, <laughs> and I can see like the surprise in your face here. Um, but he would deal with the same person as like three different people. Did they, did they ever notice that they sounded a bit alike? <laughs> this is what's so funny. Because he had his line ready. He had his line ready. And this is the genius of it. Is you've got to be prepared for that. And so when someone said, Oh, but you sound like you and so-and-so, you just, you just sound alike. His response was, Oh, well, not him. No, he's really common. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great comeback. And it makes you laugh. And it's the kind of thing that you would say. It's the kind of thing you'd be like, oh, not him. Yeah. A little bit, of, little bit of rivalry, a little bit of banter or whatever. And that just dismisses straight away. No one, just no you, one ever, yeah. no one ever questioned it. That was the only thing he ever, ever had to say. <laughs> the, the, other, the other thing um, was when... Um, uh, my business partner's dad covered the phones for us once when we went on a meeting where we both had to attend. Did he know all the personas? Well, he he tried. <laughs> <laughs> he tried, and we told him. We told him just to be himself, okay? And right, I don't think this is a terrible. I'm, I'm going to reveal his name. His his name is John Johnson, okay? 
And it's funny enough that his... Uh, and he never thought it was funny that his name was John Johnson. But obviously that's a, that's a particular type of name. You've got your name and your surname and in your surname as well. And, and we told him, it's fine. That's who you are. That's who you are. That's your name. Just say your name. But then when challenged, when someone said, oh, who are you then? Because he couldn't quite handle the call he was on. Oh, I'm John. Well, which John are you? John Stevenson. And that's literally how he said it. That's how he said his name. And so then after the call, he's like, son, I'm, I'm really sorry I've invented a new employee. Why? Who have you invented? John Stevenson. He's like, oh God, we've got to create a whole new email account. We've got to, we've got to do everything now for this fake person. I am pleased to say that we now have no fake employees, and we haven't for many, many years. That was the that was the fake it till you make it years. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, but yeah, as a as a result of working at any hour of the day, and, and bear in mind, you know, I started that this I I did those two years. Um, uh, before I met my wife, I was single for that entire time, and and so that's what that's what my wife bought into was my work and life balance wasn't a balance mm. <laughs> at all. It's much better now, you know. It's much better. Now. Yeah, I was kind of winding up a little bit, but I still, but I still, I I flit between work and home. Like a switch. Well, so I, I kind of do as well. So I, you know, I mean, I, I, I have I, zero transition. My office is ten minutes walk. It's a minute drive away. So I get no commute time. I mean, I can't. Yeah. So I, I, I don't have an office other than you know the one down the hall. Um, but I will, you know. So if, if my boss messages me at the weekend or at ten o'clock at night about something that's just come into his head because it's his company. Yeah. Then of course I get I, I you know I get into it. Or I'll kind of open my laptop and I'll, I'll do that. So but I think when you're when you're much to the chagrin of your of your wife. I'm yeah, sure. I mean, but when when you're when you're you don't obviously if you built a company up, then you know then then, then that's kind of a given. But even if you're if yeah, you're just head of a department or you're you know oh if you've got a senior position then you kind of comes to the territory. Yeah, you have to be kind of online yeah. um, for a lot of the time anyway. Well, um, because you're there to you. Your job is to make life easier for the guy who started and runs the company. Yeah, and and because because I'm kind of head of IT, I mean a lot of, a lot of my guys are pretty online anyway. So if I, if I need something done as an emergency, I just need to kind of put a call out, and, and one of them is going to be you know going yeah. to be you know having you know wired on coffee and and coding. And probably doing hours. some work anyway. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah. so that, that won't be that won't be an issue. Yeah. Do, do we want to move on to something a little bit more a little bit more current now? Yeah. Um, so you know, as in the, the kind of the rules that are that are kind of going in place, right? So, so so we're, we're today. Today, there's the rule of six, which just reminds me of the sign of four. I don't know if you ever read the sign of four. Yes, you know the, the Sherlock Holmes by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Yeah. One, of my, one of my favorite books ever. Or the seventh sign, or yeah. <laughs> um, but it's yeah, it's it's kind of just sinister sound. The Gang of Eight. <laughs> Sorry, there's there's too many of these coming out now. Um, so. Yeah, there's a, you can't. We haven't covered a lot of the rule changes more recently, and because that's because they've been easing, even though they've been maybe getting more complicated. But also because we just don't care, and we've been ignoring them. And all we've anyway, been ignoring so. them all anyway. Yeah. But it's been when there was a there was a point where I thought it was starting to be unwound, and that was where. And the reason I'm going into the history here is because 
they've decided it doesn't work. We've had the guidance and the regulations, which from now on we'll just call the law. And they've been broadly in line. They've been much more nuanced and detailed to the guidance. And in fact, things like social distancing are in the guidance. They can't force you by law to stay away from people. So social distance has never been embedded in, in law. But the numbers of people have been the same for gatherings and being in shops and whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, and masks are law. Masks are law as well as guidance. But they diverged. There was a point, what, six weeks ago or whatever, where they diverged, maybe even longer than that, where they diverged. And the guidance said you shouldn't be in groups more than six. But the law said 30. The law said we can only enforce from yeah, 30. Yeah, they had, they, had, they had laws around households. So it was like two households can meet. Do you remember those coming in? Yeah, but the law basically changed to gatherings outside of more than 30. Outside of your household. Yeah, that was afterwards, I think, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, I think it happened slightly. But it doesn't, 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 As doesn't I say, we got yeah. out of touch with it, whereas we were kind of reporting on the nuance. But the point was, he said, I think the British people, you know, Boris, this is, uh, can be trustworthy to make their own good judgments and yada, yada, yada. All that's out of the window now. Now, its enforcement is going to get in line with the guidance. So they are, in fact, is this an example where, other than the little amendments they made, this is an example of it getting worse. Oh, for sure. Easy. For sure. Although, although he was, they were, the way he, the way he spoke about it, it was like, we, we just want to make your lives easier. All we need to do now is remember the number six. It doesn't matter about the number of households, it's just six people. It's nice and the, easy. The tweet, the number 10 tweet, was all about simplification and ease. If it was about simplification and ease, then you'd go up to the number 30. It would be, the guidance is going in line with the law. Or whatever you like. Or whatever you deem to be acceptable to your risk. Yeah. But now the law is going to be changed. Uh, it's from the 14th, I believe, of September. Yeah, I think it's Monday, whatever that date is. Yeah, it's the Wednesday now. So it's the 9th today. Um, so it's from next week. Uh, so we like all of these changes, it's a statutory instrument, one imagines, because it's the regulation. It'll get dropped the night before or that morning. There will be no scrutiny whatsoever. No um, democratic accountability whatsoever. And it'll just get waved onto the statute book like all of the others. Um, obviously, you and I aren't going to pay heed to this whatsoever. Uh, well, but, okay, so what if, you're, what if you're a family of seven? Well, Gen you, you can Gen rewind. Gen genuine question. What if you're a family yeah, of seven? We've asked these questions before. Back when the lockdown restrictions were, were worse... We had these conversations about whether you could meet up with people. Whether because they, they, do you remember there was the confusion over whether you could meet up with someone from another household, but you could meet up with one person, and then if it was a couple, that other person could stay away, and then you could swap, and Ten then you could later. see them. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But even though they were obviously going to interact with each other and live in the same house, you couldn't see them at the same time. It's lunacy. The same applies now for this group of six. And if you happen to be a family of six, does that mean you can't see anyone else out? If you're a family, that's of... worse than the word the word before. Well, no, that's my point. If you're a family of seven, you can't even go out as one group anymore. <laughs> yeah. You can you can no longer go out as one because it's all around this magic number and not about households and, and what have you. If you're a family of seven, you can't go out at the same time. You so I suppose we should wait. So it is absolutely worse. Well, we should wait until the the the, the actual law comes out. 
because it might say household or six. And they've been they've been talking about another couple of things. Going to curfews. I mean, it's like being in North Korea, right? So, ten ten o'clock curfews. I've been. Can you give about. me an example of something they said where it's been leaked to the press, where it's or even just not leaked, even where they said we're considering something, and it hasn't come in because I can't. No. I can't. And that says to me, curfews are coming in. Curfews are going to be in with us within a month. That that's my that's my guess. Yeah, and and they're talking about um, uh, kind of like COVID monitors or marshals, marshals, COVID secure marshals. Now this is the other thing. I'm interested in in what the regulation is going to say because at the moment the regulation is clear on what in quotes an enforcement officer is, someone who can find you, someone who can convey you back to your premises or or whatever because you are in breach of one of these regulations if they are going to hand these police-like powers to people who've just been hired to be a marshal whether they work for the local council or whatever it is then that's that's really serious if what if what boris has looked at here and I'm, I'm well, I think he's looked at the whole I think he's looked at East Germany thirty or forty years ago, yeah. where everyone's telling on each other. But if he's saying the police can't enforce this, so so I need a bigger police force. If that's what this is, yeah, where, where everybody is the police. There's everybody it could everybody could be part of the secret police, like in you know, like, like in East Germany. So I, I've had a couple of thoughts on this. One of them is that in that it's just getting it's getting like you know it's your typical kind of you know socialist communist. You know, you don't know who's it's a police state. You don't know who's fascist. All of them. You don't know who's watching. Who's gonna who's gonna turn you in? Yeah. The second thought was. I think I was reported to the police uh, over Twitter for my Starbucks appearance. Brilliant. Um, But the the only reason I know that is because someone replied to a tweet that was blocked from me. So I get the tweet. I get the tweet in the thread. Right. But it's like it doesn't work because it doesn't show me who yeah, it's replied to. Log, log on to the sounding board account and check it. I'll, I'll have a check. I've asked this guy it, yeah. to, to tell me what it was. But when I tried replying to this person, Cambridgeshire Constabulary was on the list as well, which obviously I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't sure. So I think someone has reported me. Well, they probably haven't. What they've done? Well, yeah, they've, 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 they've tagged. They've tagged yeah. Cambridgeshire Constabulary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the first thought was, this is just getting like, you know, it's, we're, we're going to have the Stasi everywhere. It's getting like North Korea. My second thought was, why don't you and I volunteer for these roles? I was wondering about that. And then we can just let everybody off. Because it's a sort it's, it's it's like, it's a bit like, I remember... Uh, someone, Infiltrate. Well, so it, not, yeah, it was a bit like, I remember talk, thinking about, you know, jury service? Yeah. Because I was very against jury service. For, was? For a long time. Past tense? Now again, this is this is a similar argument. Somebody said, "Look, if you get the opportunity to do jury service, take it, and then any single any victimless crime that there is, you find that person guilty, regardless of what it is, whether it's guilty, not not guilty." Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> News just in, sounding board fans. Um, you find that person not guilty. So whether it's yep. like you know not having a TV license or you know smoking weed in their back garden or whatever, if there's if there's, if it's, if there's no victim, you just regardless of what what evidence is against them, find that person not guilty. And uh, I thought that was a compelling argument. And the same way, even though you're being forced to do it, you yeah, you and I could be um, uh, COVID secure marshals. COVID secure marshals. And we could just not do anything and see how long we get away with it, and just say, yeah, you know what, I'm not going to enforce anything. Go fill your boots, 
go for your life. I might only be here for a day because I'm going to get fired. But just, you know, enjoy yourselves. Live your lives. Go around to, some, go around to the local supermarkets and encourage people to take their masks off. Yeah, we could have a... It, it might, we might only be in the job for a day. I'd love to know how long day. it would take what before we got reported. Yeah. So that, that was that was my, my second thought about that, is that we should all be... Co- every, every, you know, all libertarians all should be... Should be COVID marshals. Lockdown sceptics. Yeah, lockdown sceptics should volunteer to be COVID marshals. Oh, and we should just great idea. take it down from the inside. You've got experience in this from, <laughs> from your three pounds that was spent. Um, a, a few. Oh, my, uh, what's the term? When, uh, entryist. Tokenism. Oh, no, en- entryism. entryism. Yeah, it's, it's a form of entryism. <laughs> I pay three pounds to vote for Jeremy Corbyn to be leader of the Labour Party. There, I said it. So yeah, that was that was my second thought about that. Are we in a police state yet? It's I, so I did. You seen no, some of the arguments the, on Twitter? Well, the number of videos I've seen of people being harassed for not wearing that masks. guy on the tube or the train. Yeah, even when they're saying, "Look, I've got a medical condition," and he's getting handcuffed and manhandled and pepper sprayed. I'm you know I'm surprised he didn't punch the police officer in the face to be honest. Yeah. Because if if somebody got that close to me and was threatening me, I just want to. I just I think my instant reaction would be to nut someone. Well, he. He reacted. He, was, he reacted. Re- considering the amount of abuse he was, he I, was taking from I that agree officer. because he I, he wasn't violent. No, not I at saw, all. But he was being forceful in trying to get the guy off him. Yeah, which is I think entirely appropriate. But he was still the, the, the amount of force he was using to, to keep the guy off him was, was entirely appropriate. Was, was was minimal. He could, yes. have, he could have done a lot worse. In, in fact, what I what I liked was he did he did an incredibly good job. Keeping him off it, but he kept he kept sat down. Yes, I mean if that was me, I would have just stood up and just pushed the guy away from yeah, me. Yeah, and the problem with that is that you'd have been then committing a crime, and and so. But I think I think I wouldn't wouldn't have been bothered about that at the time. It would have just been I'm, like you know, I'm sure. get off me! You're 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 breaking the law. You're not allowed to challenge me on this. Yeah, um, I'm probably bigger than you anyway, uh, and I would have just you know, you, you, as, as a big guy, you tend to just kind of stand up and use your. Use your stature. Use your stature to, to kind of, you know, to, to, to diffuse these, these, these situations. <laughs> to diffuse or inflame or inflame situations. <laughs> um, you see, I've had, I've had a couple of stupid conversations on Twitter, as it's Twitter, um, about the whole police state thing. Um, and, a few bad apples. <laughs> uh, but this, you know, people saying it undermines your argument if you say this is like a police state. And it's like... But what if it is a police state? Well, but also... To, please, and this is why I'm asking you. Please tell me what line you cross. Yeah. So because, when, when am I allowed? At what point am I allowed to say it's a police? State? Well, forget whether it's allowed or not. But let's just try and put some objective measures around what a police state might be, because curfews, <laughs> curfews. I mean, house arrest. At the, point, at the point when 65 million people had. Are put up. Well, no, but we were basically there everyone, weren't people. Outside of your house, turning you around and putting you back in again. No, but you, you, you and you were allowed out to exercise. I think being being allowed out for a few a few tiny reasons. You know, there 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 were like a handful of reasons you were allowed I'm outside your house. Devil's advocate, right? So yeah, that very much is is a police. Story. It was house house arrest with exceptions. I mean, and you could so. Like the rules now, for example, are uh, you can't you can't meet up even on private property in groups of more than six. So if you have a household of four and a household of four, so take 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 take, take the situation that I'm in now, 
where the I, I effectively live in a cul de like a little mini cul de sac with my next door neighbour. Yes. So that we have, there's a, there's a drive that you have a shared driveway. We have a, have a shared drive. I mean, so technically I own it, but it's a shared yeah, driveway. Right yeah, they they have a right of way. Um, you can fit like you know like half a dozen cars in there. It's, it's a reasonable area, but I can you can I, stick a couple of gates on there. Yeah, exactly. It, it could be it could be our own you know gated, gated community, community if we wanted to. But I can I, and I can I can walk out of my house into my neighbour's house. Uh, and without, on without private land. On private land. Okay, so it's all owned by by, yes. by, by myself or my neighbour. Yes. Let's just say there are two households of four, and one household of four walks off of one set of private land onto another set of private land. We are now breaking the law. There is no such thing as private of property. Course. So yes, it is a police state. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no argument around it. What are the other What are the other aspects? I mean, curfew is definitely one of them, um, and. Well, yeah, and the way that police are, are behaving. The whole, the whole lockdown. Lockdown yeah. is, 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 lockdown is an right. action of a police state. Up until, w- would you consider that we were still in lockdown even up until this latest change? Um, How do you define lockdown? Yeah, because you're not, you, you can't, it's, if you, if you can't meet in as in you know in, in as your many house in as, as many people as you many like. people as you like on your own private land, then then it's a police state. It doesn't matter if the, if the number is a thousand. So the term lockdown, I mean, it's a it's a terrible term. I mean, it's a terrible term. But lockdown applies more to everyone staying in their homes as a as a, as a word. Uh, but from that moment, we were a police state. So I suppose it, 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 in in that respect. You can say it's easy to say that we're still a police state. I mean, I've so- been saying we're still in lockdown because there are certain businesses that just are not allowed to run, and technically speaking, the number of people allowed in your property or to, you, to gather is uh, is still is still very very low. So I've been saying we're still. People say, "Oh, when we were in lockdown, it's like we're still in lockdown." That's, I mean, that's been kind of my argument. I don't know what you think about. Yeah, no, I've, I've, people have been saying the same thing. So I'm saying, "Oh, yeah, well, what do we get locked down to?" I'm like, "Well, we're still in lockdown one." Yeah, but my point with this again is is that, and, and we've talked about this about all the legislation going through on statutory instruments without any kind of scrutiny Debate. or. I mean, I know you and I think about democracy in elections anyway, but there's been there's been none of that anyway. These laws have just been passed, so. My my point was always, you know, up until up until now, in that we've always been a police state and we've always been in this kind of authoritarian regime. They've just chosen not to use those powers. They've always had them. They didn't need to do anything. They didn't need to have an election to do this, or 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 you know any kind, you know, any kind of vote or anything. They've this, just stuck them in place. Term, am I getting this right? We've not had rights. We've been given permissions. Yes, yes, that's very much what it is. Yeah, yeah. And they just chose to. The state has always, the state has always had this power. The, the the power that they have now is not a new thing. Nothing. All, all they've done is they've just chosen to to stick in whatever arbitrary laws that they, they, they wanted. They've always had the power to put in these laws. Yeah. We're governed. Would you right? I mean, am I just trotting out tropes now? We're governed by consent. Are we? What I'm saying is. Because that, 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 people... that was Jacob Rees-Mogg's argument. Hear me out. <clears throat> if enough people withdraw their consent, they can't govern us. Correct. I'm not saying that an individual can withdraw their consent and that can be effective, because it can't. But if enough people, this is why he wants his larger army to enforce force the lockdown, 
if enough people say no, then the state is rendered. I, I don't think that, I don't think that means we're governed by consent. Okay. I, I don't I don't think that's what big right. So my is. second my second statement is right. In that we go, if, we if go enough on, people rebel, we're governed because we don't overpower the current government. Yes. Okay. okay. That doesn't necessarily mean that you consent to it. But don't you think that people are consenting? And I'm talking here about all the people you talk to who go, oh, I'm just wearing a mask for an easy life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And they it, are going along with it. They're going along with social distancing. They're going along with not going into people's houses and the rule of six or 30 or whatever else you want to get. That is consent. Yeah, but this is, this is why I don't like democracy, because if a certain number of people consent, then everybody consents. Yes. Whereas I, that shouldn't be the case at all. If you want to consent to this idiocy, then, then fine for yourself. But I don't want you to consent for me. Um, and then this, this is, I remember Jacob Rees-Mogg because I used to quite enjoy listening to the Modcast podcast um, when he was, yeah, you know, I think it was like a conservative home thing, wasn't it? Where he, yeah. Because he's, he's quite an interesting guy and, and I used to like He's eloquent, his, he's witty, uh, he's sharp. Yeah, I used to like listening to him, to him talk, even if I didn't really agree. But he, he, it got to the point where he was talking about saying, oh, the reason that the lockdown work is because, you know, so, so we, we're governed by consent in this country and if the British people didn't want to be locked down, they wouldn't be locked down. Yeah, yeah. We, because we've only arrested a couple of thousand people, that's, that, that means it's a success. It's like, oh, hang on, those 2,000 people haven't been consenting. Um, so I, yeah, they specifically like, didn't. Yeah, they, that's they, why they, they've they, been caught. They did the opposite of consenting, and now you're arresting them. So it's not. But that's, that's classic person, that's a classic collectivist argument. Of course it is. That's someone who's saying the British people, and they're using a group term, and they're ignoring the individual. Which is why I hate all these all these rules and regulations around around lockdowns. You know what 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 should you really do if you have an infectious disease? Well, you protect the vulnerable, or you okay. So now I'm, in fact, I'm going to go further. Well, what do you mean by you? I'm going, I'm going to go further than that. You don't you don't protect the vulnerable because that sounds like you're imposing something on them. Exactly. You help the vulnerable to protect themselves if they want it. Yes. That's what you do. So yes. it might be that you're vulnerable, but you you've only got six months to live anyway, so you just want to live your life. And that you don't want to be protected. Um, the point is, so you you help people who want help and want and, and want to be helped. Protected. You give them a choice. You, you give them a choice, and everybody else you just you know you just allow to live their lives. Yeah, you know. So the average age. Can you the, imagine being in a care home, being ninety odd years old, but still having all your faculties, and you know that you've only got months to live. You want to go out twenty twenty, <laughs> but it's twenty twenty. You know you're not leaving your bed. Yeah. Okay. But all you want to see is your family and you're told there's this new virus going around and, uh, and, it, and, it, and it can be really, really deadly, specifically really, really deadly to people like you. Okay, And so you've got a choice. Either you see your family, but you might die or you die or you spend the next three months on your own and die. Which one are you going to choose? Or you might have had enough. You're in pain. And you might quite like to get this virus and just pop your clogs yep. and think, you know what, this is, this is fine. Yeah. I, I don't care if I get this or not. Yeah. Uh, just please, please let me see my family. But, but even just giving someone the choice of being able to see their family or not, and as a result, you might, you have a risk of dying, but there's a certainty, that is against the certainty... Of dying anyway. Of dying alone. But so the average age of someone who's died from COVID-19... Is above life expectancy. Is above life expectancy. That is one of the best facts that there is throughout this shamdemic. So just just punish it's it's collective punishment. Yes, it's collective punishment. It's 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 pure collectivism saying that 
well, a couple of 90-year-olds have died. Therefore, every 25-year-old needs to stay inside. Yeah. Just doesn't make doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. No. I think, I think we're on record. We, we, may have, we may have, yeah, intimated that in the past. Um, Is there anything else that's come out? No, this I, week. I think I think we've gone on long enough. If I'm honest, um, uh, well, let's call it spider there, catching and, and, and all sorts. I think um, that was a good diversion. Look, look. If people if people were getting bored of that, they'd hit the little button that says skip thirty seconds on their on their podcast, which I'm not advocating you do all the time on the Sounding Board podcast. But you know that you know they they might have wanted to do that in that instance. Anyway, thank you for watching and listening to Sounding Board. We're on YouTube, we're on iTunes, we're on all your favourite podcasts out. Please, please share. If you get the chance, if, if you can do anything, yeah. so we don't want your money, just, just share this with your friends or your family or, or, or people you want to annoy. And we'll see you again next time. Thanks very much. Bye.